Hey, revolutionaries, and welcome to another episode of the Reparenting Revolution podcast. My name is Sammy Sadicario, and I am your host and leader. This podcast is all about the healing of the collective through the healing of the individual. This is for the creative dreamer, the change maker, the light worker, the neurodivergent, the awakened, the wild, and the hungry, the liberators, the dreamers, and the renaissance bringers. My intention for this podcast is to bring you actionable tools, tips, and methodologies for creating internal micro-revolutions and identity shifts in order to create the massive revolutionary shift we need in this world on a macro level. This revolution I am campaigning is one of mental health. It is about doing the real work to face our traumas, get out of victim mentality, and into self-responsibility, and heal the wounded inner child within all of us. It is creating revolutions within ourselves to become the light we wish to see. This is the Reparenting Revolution. Today, we're joined with Chelsea Mern of Lady Beta Coaching. We are exploring together getting comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Chelsea is a business mentor for online business owners wanting to hit six figures and a brain rewiring expert. After scaling her business to six figures in less than a year, she knew she wanted to help others grow their businesses too. Now she uses tools like brain rewiring to help her clients grow their businesses, improve their lives, and help create more time and location freedom along with financial independence. You can learn more about her by visiting her links in the show notes. Before we hop in to my interview with Chelsea, I would love to tell y'all about an amazing opportunity I have for you coming up. If you want to go deeper than you've ever gone with yourself and deeper down that reparenting revolution rabbit hole and work with me personally, I have a group experience coming up that is just for you revolutionaries. Rise is the first program of its kind. It is a radical identity shift experience. Rise is for the lightworkers who are tired of doubting themselves, who are ready to get off the cycle of self-sabotage and programming and step into their creative purpose. It is for the revolutionaries who are ready to launch their own revolutions and need to release the trauma and the victim identity of 2020 and 2021, as well as release childhood wounds, negative self-talk, and programming in order to up-level into the revolutionary identity 2022 so desperately needs. We rise December 8th, and I am now taking applications by visiting the Calendly link in the show notes. And just a reminder, please take a minute to download, subscribe, rate, and review this episode. It just means the world to me and really does help get my podcast out there so that more people can listen. All right, revolutionaries, I am so excited for today's interview because I am fangirling real hard right now with Chelsea Mern of Lady Beta. I've been following Chelsea for quite some time now and it started with climbing training, learning um, how to improve my climbing and my cycle syncing 
with my climbing for a while. And then as Chelsea transitioned into business coaching, I was able to follow her and watch her up level. And I'm so excited to talk about that today. So, Hey, Chelsea, thanks for being on the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me here. Um, that was a great introduction. It's, it's crazy to think about just like in the span of two years in my business that I started as a climbing coach. And then now here we are, I don't identify anymore as a climbing coach. I do business mentoring and brain rewiring. And it's, it's kind of like this complete 180. So it's, it's really cool for me to have people that are willing to follow me in that transition. Oh, so more than willing. I've loved watching the transition because it seemed so effortless so much so that I almost forgot that that was separate. I almost forgot that at one point you weren't doing business mentoring. Um, to me, it was just, you were so seamless in the transition. Oh, I appreciate that. And, um, it's nice to hear too, or not nice to, it's interesting. I'll put it that way to hear that it, it seemed effortless because on my side, you know, there were many, many days and nights where I was like, this is the wrong choice. I'm fucking everything up. What am I doing? Why can't I just be happy as a climbing coach? There was a lot of guilt and shame and fear and doubt that came up for me throughout the transition process. I actually hired, it was three different coaches to help me through that transition period because I was like, I, I think if I do this by myself, I'm going to be too afraid to actually make the shift and make the change. And at the same point in time, I was actually transitioning away from one-on-one -on -one coaching. That is how I built my business. I did one-on-one -on -one coaching primarily for a year and a half and then realized, oh, if I actually want to scale my business even further and I want to reach more people with this message that I have, I can't keep trading dollars for hours and seeing people one-on-one. -on -one. And that was also really scary, but yeah, it's nice to hear that it has seemed effortless because in my eyes or my mind, it makes me feel like I've been transparent about it that, Hey, this is a thing that I'm really interested in. This is the direction that I want to go. If you're still in great, let's do this thing. If not, bye. See you in Leavenworth or somewhere else climbing. I love that. And you just hit so many topics that I want to talk about today, particularly in that shift and where, you know, fear, shame, guilt come into it. So, you know, the, the lens that we talk about here on this podcast and the reparenting revolution is, are these paradigm shifts? So can you talk a little bit about more, a little bit more about your revolution? Yes. Okay. So all of those emotions that we just listed, fear, shame, guilt, doubt, those are all lower vibration emotions. Everything is energy. We can actually measure the frequency of emotions. And if you were to look at a scale, emotions like love, compassion, joy, they're up really high. They have a high frequency on the scale. And when we continually decide to partake in those negative lower vibration emotions, that starts to become our reality. That starts to become our, our neutral. Our set point is down in those lower frequencies. So a lot of the work that I do with brain rewiring is not to avoid those lower emotions, you know, we're not trying to spiritually bypass and just say, oh, everything's great all the time. I think that's, that's a misconception that a lot of people might have is it's actually giving ourselves permission to experience those lower vibration emotions and then being able to move ourselves out of those with different tools that we can use. So with brain rewiring, this is, this is actually a huge part of my journey um, before the brain rewiring process. And I'll kind of go into a little bit about what it is. 
I was a completely different person. I was totally stuck in victim mindset. It was poor me. It was a ton of scarcity. It was a ton of fear all the time. I had a lot of anxiety and honestly, like I was not nice to myself. Um, and because I wasn't nice to myself, I couldn't have possibly been that nice to other people. Like how we treat other people is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. So after I went through the brain rewiring process, I actually signed up to do this six month program. And I didn't know why I was so drawn to it. It was, it was actually the biggest investment that I'd made in my business to date. And I was like, I just feel so called. I need to do this thing. The first three months were how to rewire your own brain. The last three months were how to help other people rewire their brains. And essentially what we're doing with brain rewiring is we are going deep into our subconscious. We are trying to pick out every single limiting belief that you've been taught, you've been modeled, you've picked up on throughout your entire life from around the age of seven to eight. So for me personally, I don't have a ton of memories around when I was younger. I just don't. Um, they kind of start around when I was like maybe 14, 15. So the, the first, you know, part of my childhood, I just don't have it. I, I don't have access to it. I could, if I wanted to, but I'm, I'm okay. Not knowing right now. So with brain rewiring, it's really, how can we start to face these limiting beliefs that we have? And after that, now that we know we have those limiting beliefs, how can we we rewire our neural pathways so that we can actually start to believe different things because our thoughts and our perceptions, those are what are ultimately going to create our reality. Our cells are always listening. Everything is listening. Your thoughts that you have, the words that you say internally, the words that you say out loud, those shape our reality. So if we can actually start to hone in on what am I thinking? What am I saying? What do I believe? What's causing me to think that way? And we start to shift and change those our entire lives can change. So after going through the rewiring process, I went in for a, a couple main reasons. I wanted to improve my climbing and grow my business. Tick, tick, did both of those, but I got a ton more than that too. I became, I mean, honestly, I was a different person. I was so much nicer to myself. I stopped being a dick to myself. I am a lot more compassionate now. I'm actually able to trust and listen to my intuition, which has served me really well, especially being a business owner. I definitely got a lot stronger in my climbing and I truly think it made me a more magnetic person because I'm able to stay in a place where I experience a lot more of those higher vibration emotions now. There was so much gold just dropped in those few minutes. So if you're listening right now, I would definitely go and replay what Chelsea just dropped. Um, one thing that you said that I teach all the time that is so ingrained with story work and vocabulary, the work that I do, or as I'm now starting to call it word magic, um, you know, words do shape our reality. And where we steer the car, the car goes. I also love what you said about how our cells are listening. Mm -hmm. And this is always apparent like on the wall, like wall climbing, because, um, you know, if I'm shit talking myself to get up that wall, I'm not getting up that wall. <laughs> right. But if I'm using that positive self-talk and using, and, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on positive self-talk because I find, because I'm very much against toxic positivity. We do need to feel those darker emotions. It's part of our, it's part of who we are as humans. And it's neglecting that is spiritual bypassing, as you said, mm -hmm. and also negating our humanity in my right. opinion. <laughs> um, so how, how do you, when, do you ever have people come to you and say, oh, you're just so positive. Like how do you have such a positive mindset all the time? What's your opinion on that? 
Oh, I love that question because just a couple of years ago, that was not my reality. Um, I actually was called out by one of my bosses one time. This, this was like a huge wake up call for me. I thought in all situations, I was playing devil's advocate. You know, somebody would say something positive and I grew up with a dad who literally no matter what, everything's good. Like <laughs> he is always Mr. Brightside. So I think I was like rebelling against that a little bit. And I totally thought I was playing the devil's advocate, but what it actually came off as is incredibly negative. So my boss ended up having a conversation with me. It was not a loving conversation. It was not a compassionate one. And from then I actually internalized that, Hey, I must actually just be a really negative person. And this is actually something that's really wrong with me. This is something that I need to hide. So after I went through brain rewiring and in the process, I, I kind of call brain rewiring the toolbox. And there's a bunch of different tools that you can use inside brain rewiring. We have things like mantras and affirmations. We have the meditations. We have inner child healing, shadow work, trauma work. We have a ton of stuff within the toolbox, you know, borrowed from different places. And it's pick it up if it resonates with you, you know, leave it if it doesn't. But one of the things that was really helpful for me was the mantras and the affirmations and paired that with journaling. I think we can effectively fake it until we make it to a point, but if you are telling yourself positive self-talk and deep down, you just don't believe it, you keep saying it to yourself, you keep trying to repeat it in the mirror, you keep trying to write it, and some little part of you, your ego's like, that's bullshit, and you know it, I think it's time to go deeper, it's time to ask yourself, okay, why is it that I cannot believe this about myself, when is the first time that I can remember relating to this situation that I can bring up, you know, maybe it was with a coworker or whatever, or maybe it was when I was younger, this was modeled to me and really start to think back and ask yourself, why is it so hard for me to be nice to myself? When in my life did I learn that I don't deserve to have people be nice to me? I don't deserve for me to be nice to me. I just love how similar this is to deprogramming to, you know, it sounds like you're tapping into, okay, what am I programmed to believe and why is it there? And then how can I change it? And I love that it also includes meditations as well as inner child work, because I mean, that's all the program that I'm building right now. So that's super cool that you're already doing that, especially with business owners, people who are ready to go spread their message and to pass it along. Um, so, so, so cool. So what do you, you know, when you, you work with new business owners, which part of this work, what are the most Here's the question. What are the most common limiting beliefs that you find with people who are just starting? This is a great question. So I think a lot of people might jump to what if I fail? What if, what if it doesn't work? But I actually think the bigger limiting belief that people won't even let themselves explore. I think a lot of people are kind of naturally more prone to those worst case, what if scenarios, and they kind of let themselves spiral out on those. But the other side of it is, what if I'm successful? And most people have not even thought of that. How is my life going to shift and change if I'm successful? I don't deserve to be successful. I'm not worthy of that. So I actually think that that, for the most part, is the bigger limiting belief that people carry. And then a lot of it actually comes down to, I would say, and myself included, 99% of the clients that I've worked with on brain rewiring, it comes back down to self-worth. What is your relationship to that? Do you feel like you deserve everything you've ever wanted? Do you feel like you deserve to have good things happen to you? Do you feel like you deserve to be successful? Which of these limiting beliefs did you start with? 
So this is actually, it's kind of funny with brain rewiring. I again, went into it with the two goals. I want to climb stronger and I want to make more money. And it's, it's funny looking back on that now, because I call them, you know, rather shallow things. There are things that I wanted at the time and, you know, it's very valid, but it was like, I was unwilling to look at the deeper issues going on. And I was like, yep, we'll just focus on those things. It's fine. I thought I was just going to like go through the rewiring process and it was, you know, just going to be all, all dandy. There are a lot of, you know, days that you might spend crying in the bathtub. And that is part of the process. It's kind of like cracking you down and starting over again. But for me, the limiting belief that I actually started with the one that was more related to business, I really had to do a lot of work starting to separate how much I worked from the outcome that I saw in my business. So for me, I had deeply internalized this belief that, oh, in order to be successful, I need to work more. So all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm working all the time. Yes, my business is successful, but like at a certain point, like I don't have more hours in the day. I can't do more. So the limiting belief that I actually used or I went in with the one that I used to counteract it, the affirmation was the less I work, the more I make. And at first I was like, that's, I don't believe that that is not a thing. But then I actually started to challenge myself on that, look at and find models of people who have done this. There are plenty of people out there that work very, very little and they make a lot of money. So I used that as evidence for myself during the rewiring process. And at the same time, I forced myself to stop working so much because I couldn't actually keep Keep going with that pattern if I wanted to see something change and be different. Yes, yes, yes. The finding evidence part, which is super cool because like we will find evidence for whatever we want. If I want to believe like all men suck, like I'm going to find evidence for that. Yep. <laughs> and one piece of advice that I was given about a year ago is I was working through some money mindset um, issues around being an artist, about being a creative, because there's the starving artist, uh, you know, motif, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like artists will always struggle. Artists will never make six figures. And I had a coach say to me, um, you are going to make a vision board of all artists who are millionaires, mm -hmm. of a bunch of artists who are And so look at that every day. Look at a bunch of different singers, um, creators, artists, uh, performers, et cetera, et cetera, writers, bloggers who are, who make seven figures. And that was really powerful for me because it was a complete, it was a first shift of that mindset, mm -hmm. right? Of like, what is this, what is this artist identity, starving artist identity? And why am I playing into it? Why am I looking for that evidence? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's super similar too with, climbers and being dirt bags. Um, this is something for me that I really had to start to separate. I, I legitimately thought there was something wrong with me because I wanted more. I wanted more money. I wanted more success. I wanted my business to grow. I was like, why can't I just be happy? <laughs> you know, being, being a dirt bag with minimal things, minimal possessions, minimal amounts of money. And I realized I had lived paycheck to paycheck since I graduated high school. Um, it was very stressful. It was actually like, I think it did a lot to my self-esteem. I didn't think that I was capable of very much because of that. I had two bachelor's degrees and couldn't quite, you know, fit myself into the nine to five job. Every job I had, I ended up quitting a few months in. Cause I was like, I just know this isn't a good fit. I can't, you know, continue to force myself to do this. So really doing a lot of work around being able to 
take that step back and look at, you know, my life as it was, is this how I wanted to continue going? Is this something that I, I really wanted to take on as an identity? It, do I want to be a dirtbag? What does this mean to me? Am I more worried about what other people are thinking of me? Am I, am I worried that people are going to think I'm greedy, that I'm selfish, that I'm power hungry? And realizing that those are all just perceptions that other people might have. It's not even that they do have them. It's that I am literally wasting my time, energy, and mental space worried about what other people are thinking. So worried about what other people are thinking. And this is so common with empaths, with healers, with creative dreamers is one of the words I'm now liking to use right now. And this aspect of why can't I just be happy? I've, I've spoken to a lot of creative dreamers recently and a common thread is, is this inability and I'll use the word inability for now until I, until I find a better one, but inability or unwillingness to, to stay in one job. I'm very similar. I always like new things. Like, why can't I just be happy? That goes through my mind all the time. So what, what does the process look like for somebody who who has those beliefs? Like, oh, why can't I just be happy? What what would the next step be to moving through that? Yeah, ooh, I like this a lot. And I think kind of playing off of what you said about inability, I think actually that is maybe the correct word, but without the negative connotation. It's the inability to settle because you were meant for other things. You are not in alignment. This was not what you were meant to do. And that feeling that you have inside of you, whether it's crying before you go to every shift, that was me, couldn't do it. I, I like, my job wasn't even bad. And I just, I straight up, it was like the most miserable thing to me. It was a great work environment. I loved my coworkers. The hours were not terrible. I was getting paid decently, but yet I was deeply unfulfilled. I, I knew it's like knowing that you have this great potential and ability to make an impact, but then also not knowing what the fuck to do in order to step into that. And I think that that's where the disconnect is, is there's a lot of people out there that feel like, wow, I was really meant to do big things. Maybe I don't know what, but I certainly don't know how. So it's really getting clear on, okay, what is it? If there were no barriers, no obstacles, what would you do with your life? What would you want it to look like? If you want to work for yourself and you know, this is my area of expertise. This is what I help a lot of people do. There are so many things that you could do. I think people look at, you know, coaches and they're like, okay, you could be a coach. You could, you could do a couple of different things online and they kind of like close the book and they're like, I don't fit any of those, but there are infinite, like so many possibilities of what you can create, especially online. You know, we've gone a lot more online in the last two years. And I mean, I've seen people build businesses for selling fly fishing, little, little baits. Um, I clearly don't have the correct terminology there, but if there's a will, if you have an interest or you have something that you are really passionate about, something that you've struggled with, maybe you're not hundred percent in your healing journey or your transformation journey yet, but if you're just a couple steps ahead of somebody else, you can teach somebody that skill set. Yes. And these are the revolutionaries, right? The people who are going, um, this nine to five life doesn't work for me anymore. Mm -hmm. This way of doing things doesn't work for me anymore. And the problem that we find, and I think that anybody who's launching their own creative revolution in any way they will down the road start to find is that they'll start that business on the same programming and operating system that they were running the nine to five on, right? Yes. So the same limiting beliefs, the same identities, the same um, shit talk to themselves, um, all of those, all that programming 
as they're starting their their revolution is is still there. So uh, one of the first things that I do with people is to deprogram, deprogram the bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you do as well. Um, and I, I say it sounds like, but I know that because I follow your content like, very religiously. <laughs> so I already know that we're so aligned on that stuff, right? Um, it sounds like, you know, you're helping people though make these radical shifts in themselves in order to see a radical shift um, on the macro scale. Mm-hmm, totally. Like for me, when I think about owning a business and I think about, you know, starting to run one and really building things up, people focus so heavily on the strategy. How many times do I need to post to Instagram? You know, what does my content need to look like? How can I grow my audience? And like, that's all well and good, but like, it actually doesn't mean shit if your energetics are not in alignment. If you are operating from those limiting beliefs, if you are operating from your conditioning that you received around your nine to five, you are going to limit yourself far more than a strategy could ever push you forward. Like, it's just, it doesn't even matter. We can't even talk about the strategy if we don't have the energetics in alignment. So a lot of what I do with clients, and this is, this is too why I love having a coach is because you could, I literally did this yesterday. I was very curious what Google said about running and growing an online business. So I Googled it. I was like, how do I grow my online business? And it came up with like these seven tips. And I was like, okay, the first two are pretty good. Uh, those are terrible. Uh, mm, I don't know what that one is. Uh, what are they referring to here? And it's like, you can have all of this laid out for you, but if you don't have accountability, if you don't have support, if you don't have somebody to challenge you and ask you, why is this, why are you feeling so resistant towards this? Let's go deeper. Are you actually going to implement them? Probably not. So we do a ton of work around, and this is what I went into brain rewiring for, is how can we start to separate your worth and your value from the outcome? Because now all of a sudden your income's dependent on you and yep, you could work yourself to death. You could, you know, really put it all out there. You could hustle super hard and you could see your income increase and you could see your revenue grow. And that's what I did my first year of business. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, the harder I work, the more money I make. And then again, comes that realization that, okay, I don't actually have more hours in the day and I'm really tired. I can't sustain this pace. So starting to separate that a lot of business owners, especially in the beginning, shit is hard. People don't show up to the, your workshops, you know, nobody's signing up to work with you. And they think, oh, I guess I, I, I don't want to do this thing. I want to shut it all down. I'm done. People don't realize it takes a long ass time actually to get people to trust us enough to want to step into paid containers with that, whether that's coaching or maybe it's a workshop, whatever that looks like. So starting to really separate that worth from the outcome. It's the same thing with climbing is like, just because I made it to the top of this thing doesn't make me better or worse than I was before. It's, 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 it doesn't mean anything. It just is what it is. Yeah. And being an entrepreneur takes grit. Because there's going to be months that like you're on fire and then there's going to be months when nobody's responding to any of your calls to action and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And, And usually that means it's time to shift something, right? Usually it means, as you said, our energetics are out of alignment. I know for myself, there were a few months when I, I was exactly what you described. You just described exactly where I was a few months ago, where I was like, okay, I've been doing this for over a year, but now it's not working anymore. So I might as well just shut it all down. Clearly I'm a terrible coach Mm -hmm. and (laughs) nothing's working. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like everything's bad. Burn it down. Burn it down. I'm done. I'm done coaching. My friends are like, you've done over 250 coaching sessions. You're done coaching. You love this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it, it really is too. It comes back to, 
when you when you are challenged, we'll we'll use that word to up level from the universe, the things that you were doing that used to work will not work anymore because you are supposed to find new way of new ways of doing things. That's part of it. That's part of evolving. That's part of spreading your message. That's part of getting out of your comfort zone because I can speak to this very personally is I got super comfortable inside my business. Once I was like, okay, great. We've got great revenue coming in. I work one-on-one with clients. These are the things that I do. I'd started backing off of work a little bit and then it got too comfortable. And I was like, wait, what's happening? Why aren't I getting new clients? Like, what are, what are all these things happening inside my business? And I realized it's because I was way too comfortable and I needed to take some steps to get uncomfortable in my business again, because nothing grows when we're comfortable. Seriously, nothing grows, even our muscles, right? Like they need to break down in order to grow Mm -hmm. back. And one of the things that we see in, Ooh, this is, I'm getting the tingles from this right now. Um, one of the things that I find that we see in society right now is that we grew up really safe in general. Like that's a generalization, Mm -hmm. right? We grew up really cushy, really safe. Like we've had our food handed to us. Everything's delivered. We've got Amazon. We have these like cozy TV and video games where we, you know, everything's right there. And so we are so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm we're so unused to it and it's hurting us. Right. And that's what reparenting is partially about, right. Learning to get uncomfortable, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable with self-responsibility, with making changes in our lives. And I know for myself, starting my business was such a huge part of getting uncomfortable. How does one know when it's time to get uncomfortable again? Okay. So we, we kind of just alluded to it, but the first one is when things stop feeling like they're working, if it was working in the past and then all of a sudden it doesn't feel good anymore. If you're feeling really uninspired or uncreative in your business, if you're feeling stifled by your business, if you're feeling like your business is running your life, that's a pretty big one. If you're feeling the call make a bigger impact. Um, for some reason, I just keep getting, it's like bouncing this uh, into the side of my head. Sometimes my spirit guides are like, Hey, mention this thing. And I, I got to say the thing, but a lot of business owners actually don't stay in their zone of genius enough. A lot of people are hesitant and resistant to hiring out earlier on in their business. And I think that this is shooting themselves in their, in the foot. If you can potentially offload some of your tasks, even if you are not full-time in your business, and that allows you, let's say five more hours a week to stay in your specific zone of genius, you're going to be able to have such good energy behind that. And because of that good energy, it's going to reach more people and make more impact. So I think that kind of relates here, but I mean, hiring somebody could be a really great way to get uncomfortable in your business. And I'm not saying you have to go out and pay somebody a full-time salary right away, but there are tons of people like copywriters, graphic artists, or, you know, content strategy managers that can do things and take things off your plate. If you don't actually enjoy doing those things. So cool. And it's, you know, as a business owner who's gone through a lot of stages, I've gone through the stages of doing everything by myself. I did try hiring out. Um, I'm curious what your advice is to somebody who wants to hire out, but also might not yet feel super aligned in order to know what they need to hire out because delegating mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah. Oh, it definitely can be. And I would, I would say the first thing is getting clear on what it is that you would like to hire out. 
So just like literally sitting down, writing a list. I've done this um, with both of my assistants and they both have like very, very clear and specific tasks on what I need help with. And then understanding that those things can pivot and change too. And asking that person, you know, when you're going through the hiring process, what is it that you're passionate about? What are your skill sets? What can you bring to my team? Because I want to know what you're capable of. Maybe I'm looking for somebody that does this, but if you also have this other skill set, great, let's maybe have you try that on. And it's kind of thinking about this too. And this is something that I've thought about a lot. And this is why I'm super excited to be running a six-figure mastermind in 2022 is when, when we're at the earlier stages of our business, you know, this is true, just, just in all stages of life, but we, we have two resources. We have time and we have money. When we're at the earlier stages, we might be willing to sacrifice more of our time to teach somebody a skill set. We might be able to micromanage a little bit more, and maybe that feels okay for us. Maybe we are able to hold our employee's hand, check off on everything that they've done, and really have it be a back and forth type of team effort. For me, where I'm at in my business is I need somebody that takes initiative, and I am happy to pay more for that. So understanding that there's different ways that you can interact with people that work for you and I have very clear expectations for the two gals that work for me. I don't, I don't, I don't even double check. I just expect them to do it and they do. And it's awesome. And understanding that there might be a price difference in that. But for me, I'm so happy to pay for that because I don't actually want to spend the time double checking and micromanaging. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want it done right without having to have your hands all over it. Yep. Yep. It's trust. It's, it's leaning into how can I start to release control, which, you know, for me, I'm an Enneagram eight. That is, that is my core fear is losing control. So any time that I get to exercise, releasing control is a very good thing for me. Ooh, super cool. And exercise and releasing control. And this brings me beautifully to my next question, because you had a tiny little, like, bomb in there that you're just like, oh, six and seven figure mastermind in 2022. And so you're up leveling into the next, you know, stages of your business. And I'm curious, what are the internal shifts that you're creating in your identity right now? What are you working on? Because we've got like 40 days left of 2021 and 2022 has big things on the schedule. So what identity shifts, um, what you know, to use your language, what brain rewiring are you doing to up-level into 2022? I love that. And I say, I want to say this with the most love possible and not to scare people, but it really is new level, new devil. It's a different level, a different challenge. And, you know, when starting your business, you might experience things like imposter syndrome, that fear of failure, fear of success. And it's not different when you level up, but it comes in through different ways. For me, one of the challenges that I face in my business as I continue to grow and scale is shifting the way that I offer things so that I can talk to a more broad audience. When you're offering something like one-on-one, you can get really specific. Oh, this is completely customized and tailored to you. You're going to get the results that you're looking for. When you're offering things to groups and more passive offers, you really have to be able to speak to more people at a time. So it's really listening to people's languages, the phrases that they use around things, and then being able to use their words when you go to market things while still feeling true and authentic to yourself. There are many different shifts and changes that need to happen from a five to a six-figure business 
business, a big one is automation. How can you take yourself? How we do not need you to be the middle woman. We, we got to actually get you out of there because you are probably ultimately going to be the one standing in the way of your business growing. How can we start to integrate automated emails, automated scheduling? Can we start to take you out of tasks that don't actually need to be done by you? Again, this goes back to hiring. Um, if anybody is struggling or wondering about hiring, I would sit down and I would make a list. I would write down things that you enjoy doing in your business and that you're very good at those things we can we can keep those can stay and on the other side I want you to write a list and write down these are things that I do not like inside my business but I'm good at them great we're gonna outsource those because it's very likely that somebody else can actually do those better than you can and give somebody else an opportunity to let their creativity shine. And I mean, honestly, I think it's very empowering to hire other people and really see them blossom in those positions. So for me, as I, I'm starting to shift from multiple six figures to seven figures. And one of my biggest challenges has been, I want it now. It has been something to where my first year of business was incredibly successful. I mean, it still is, but I hit six figures I believe within 10 months of starting my business. So I kind of felt this like pressure on me. It wasn't necessarily from anyone. I think I was putting a lot of this pressure on myself, but it was this insane pressure to keep growing, keep scaling at that pace and speed and understanding that I'm a human. Um, I went through a lot this year. Um, I know everybody <laughs> says that like 2020 was the hardest for me. 2020 was not too bad. 2021 kicked me in my ass. It, it kept me down for a little bit, but we're, we're back now, you know, sometimes you got to lick your wounds and take care of yourself a little bit and then come back in full force. But it's really struggling to control the timeline on which things happen and reminding myself that as humans, we try to put timelines on things and it's the universe looks at that and says, that is ridiculous. That is so silly that you were trying to force this to happen on the, your silly little human timeline. So it's reminding myself that everything happens as it should and as it needs to. Mm, I love that you brought up timelines because that's, I find one of the most difficult aspects for me as somebody I do. I also want now, now, now mm -hmm. I'm like, I want all of these revolutionaries in my program now, 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 now it's like, okay, wait a second. And when I'm not on my own timeline, when I don't follow my timeline, the way I expect it, I get really angry. I get really mm -hmm. upset and, um, you know, little Sammy's screaming and crying inside and, um, so moving through those expectations and being able to still do go again, keep mm -hmm. building, keep going, even when you don't match your own timeline. Um, and you know, what's really interesting is, you know, there's this word comparison-itis, right? And we always comparing ourselves to other people. Okay, well, they did it in six months, so I should be able to do it in six months. And I think this goes back to that nine to five mindset, like this conditioning we have of what success means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree too. And I think um, something that is worth bringing up here is this concept of the sister wound, so feeling competitive, especially with other women, I think is a big one that comes up with the people that I work with specifically because I do primarily work with women is thinking, oh, she did that. And I guess that means that I also can't do that. Or why hasn't it happened for me yet? And kind of looking back in your life and exploring different relationships that you might have had with women. I know I've talked to one of my clients recently. She's going through my group brain rewiring program Synergy. And 
this event happened to her when she was younger, where her whole group of friends decided they didn't like her anymore. And they were super mean to her, literally sent her this letter. That's like, we're not your friend anymore and never talk to her again. So from that, she, you know, had a very difficult time trusting and being friends with other women because she learned at a young age, that energy is not safe for me. I don't want to be in that. So we've done a ton of work and it's, it's really great that she's in a program with women who are very loving, very supportive, and she can practice her vulnerability again, is to be able to look at those things and question, why do I feel that way? Where does that come from? Like, and not settling for surface level answers there. I've never heard the term sister wound. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, I want to do a whole podcast episode on it soon. It's, I mean, especially with climbing, it's like, it happens mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. There's such a competitive energy with women. And it's something that I've been um, moving through, I'm very committed to having strong female relationships in my life right now. And that's something in the past I did not prioritize because I was so afraid of other women, mm-hmm. so afraid of other women. And now I'm like, okay, 2022 is the year of collaboration in all ways in my friendships and relationships and my business collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. That's I'm just writing that everywhere for 2022. <laughs> and, uh, so much of that is looking around being like, oh my gosh, look at all these inspiring women in my life that I get to learn from. And now I get to say, oh, and they get to learn from me too. And I'm stepping into that role of the confident leader. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've never heard the term sister wound. And I suppose brother wound is, you know, just as comparable of like our relationship to, to men in our lives. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to, I want to point out one more thing too, that you said earlier. Um, this is what you get when you get two podcasters together. (laughs) We're just going to pull this out, you know, just really expand on this topic. But I think with putting expectations on ourselves and kind of expecting things to be done on a timeline, I know you and I are both projectors in human design and human design is a tool that I use a lot with myself. It's actually been life-changing to learn more about my chart. I use this a lot with my business clients as well. And it's a way for you to actually live your life in a way that feels easier, more in flow and more in alignment. It's the visual that I always have for this is human design is so that you can stop being the salmon swimming upstream. Like I was the salmon for forever. And that is exhausting. Like, yes, we need to get uncomfortable and that is really important, but we do not always need to be like endlessly fighting the uphill battle. Like sometimes we can just go with the flow and that'll actually be the most efficient and effective option to get to where we're going. So understanding that first and foremost, I was a projector and in human design, that means I was maybe made to work like four four hours a day, which when I first heard that, I was like, I'm not that fuck that. Like I reject everything about this framework. I was, I was really upset at that because I, my entire life, I had worked uh, manual labor jobs, like route setting, very physical work. I did a lot of construction as well. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not built to work. I, that's what I've made, you know, my living on in the past. And then looking at that and being like, oh, no wonder that wasn't fulfilling. And I wasn't making the right amount of money. And I was tired all the time. Like it was so out of alignment for me and starting to understand that as a projector, my job and your job too, Sammy, is to show other people a better way to do things. That's my job at the end of the day. So how do I need to do that? I actually need to be so visible that people can actually see me and find me. So how can I get more visible in my daily work? Okay. My mind is exploding right now. (laughs) Anyone else, anyone else mind exploding? Uh, What I really like about 
everything you just said is how relatable it is to even people who are not business owners and how we can once again do more by doing less mm-hmm. because I experienced that major burnout. I'm the same way. I, I'm have got the New York hustle within me, right? Like the hustle mentality. Like I can wake up at 5 a.m., go do the things I need to do all day, um, work, go to the gym, still go out and be able to have drinks with people, um, get a few hours of sleep, wake up and do it all again. Like that's the New York hustle mentality. Go, 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 then network, then go, 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 go. (laughs) (laughs) And I've learned that like, that's also, I mean, that's also part of my childhood wounding as well of my worth is tied to my output mm-hmm. and being able to heal that. Um, but it's interesting how it just goes, it clashes with the projector energy. Mm-hmm. It clashes totally. so hard and I've felt it and inviting people into my space and um, knowing who to invite and when mm-hmm. to accept the the, the invitation mm-hmm. um, and when to say no to the invitation has been life-changing for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everybody, regardless of, you know, what they do for a living, it, it would be super beneficial to get a human design reading. Like learning more about yourself is never a bad thing. Learning more about yourself is actually going to be able to expose some of the wounds that you might have so that you can actually start to do work on them. And as you were talking, Sammy, I was really just picturing us actually being able to slow down enough because it, it totally is like busyness is that trauma response. It's, oh, I'm going to stay so busy so that I don't have to face my shit. I, you know, it's, it's not in the front of my mind because I'm so busy. I've, you know, I have seven different calls today or whatever it is. And we think that, oh, check on the, the productive tick list. I'm a good person because of that. I must be moving the needle forward. Guilty. But what actually, <laughs> yep, totally. What actually moves the needle forward in your life, in your business, in your climbing, whatever it is, is dealing with your shit, is dealing with everything that you've repressed for like 15 plus years. Bam. And that is my friends, the reparenting revolution right Mm -hmm. there. I love it. Chelsea, I love everything you put out there. Is there anything else that you would like to say for our loyal listeners? Ooh, I love this. So I would say if this is, this is the advice that I, that I give a lot, but I think it's, it is worth hearing. If you know, you are one of those people that was meant for more, follow it. Like, do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Do not ask other people for their advice on what you should do with your life. Because like we were talking about in the beginning of the show, if you want to find evidence against yourself, you will find it in other people. Listen to your own intuition and start to, the the thing that I visualize is like this little red thread, like start to pull on that thread and see where it takes you. It doesn't need to happen immediately, but we are not led to things for no reason. There, there is no like universe that is cruel and is like, here's the carrot on the end of the stick, but you can't have it. Ha ha. Like the universe wants you to be happy. You were led to these things for a reason. Not everybody wants to, for example, work for themselves. So if you are one of those people that is drawn to that, it was meant for you. Absolutely. Find what's meant for you and what's not meant for you. Let it go, yes. but it has to be up to you to let it go. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love how you talked about earlier getting out of that victim mindset and being able to take control of your life. And here you are such an inspiration to so many women and so many climbers and so many business owners and including myself. And I'm so excited to continue learning from you. Thanks so much, Chelsea, for being on the podcast. It means just the world to me. And until next time. Thank you. 